0: Welcome to As We Understand Him, a weekly coffee chat exploring a deeper relationship with God as we understand Him. You can download As We Understand Him weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at As We Understand Him Podcast. For additional information, to hear episodes, and to access resources and writings, please visit our website asweunderstandhim.coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys trying to figure out the God thing, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop.
1: Well, we can wrap now, Glenn. I figured out the God thing.
2: What, after like five episodes? Yeah, five episodes. I got got it all figured out. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome, man. Then uh, probably get a money back, right?
1: (laughs) That's right. So if you signed up for the one-year
2: subscription to As We Understand (laughs) It,
1: you can get a a rebate for 48 episodes.
2: Oh, man. No, I got a
1: long way to go. We are just on the path of trying to figure this God thing out and... And I love being on the path, but you know that doesn't make life any uh, easier. Some days, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, sometimes it'll make it a little more challenging. I uh, I had kind of a rough week. Lost a brother-in-law to to death, but um, man, I didn't know that. Well, you know, here and here's the thing. He um, uh, he's my faith, my relationship with God. I've got I picture him in in the place of of awe and wonder right now. So, but I feel for the family left behind and I feel for my wife and I feel for myself because we've got a void in our life now. So, you know, look, life is, is challenging, but it's so less challenging when you're on this path of spiritual, you know, and I threw up the big question, why, you know, I mean, so young and, you know, why cancer? Why can't we cure that? I mean, we can, we can figure out how to, put together a halftime show at the NFL uh, Super Bowl, you know, in a matter of seconds, you know, why can't we figure out how to cure cancer, you know, so anyway, that's, that was my, uh, that was my thing, but how was your week? Good week?
2: That's, you know, it's a roller coaster, man, it's up and down. Yeah, right. You know, things are, I think in in general, a wave of, of, of good stuff, but, you know, I mean, there's probably not an hour goes by, I don't get w t f moments yeah you right, know, sure. but i' I've, I've got enough you know confidence to be able to get through them you mm-hmm. know and i you know i'm going through a confidence stage you know that you know it doesn't matter what comes you know i got the tools i got the spirituality i got brothers that can help me get through it
1: yeah, you know? keep sticking with it so, WTF is that wow that was funny yes Is exactly that what that was that, okay yeah just exactly. double checking hey we got table for three this morning man
2: i know i love table for three Yeah, especially we got, this one man
1: this one yeah we got mark back um cs mark and uh <laughs> no talk about wtf yeah right the abc um it's easy as one two three a little michael jackson there no too early no man it's okay, way, way yeah, too early all right <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, we got Mark back in the coffee shop this morning. Super excited to have him. If you haven't gone back, if you know, we've only got a few episodes up, but go back and listen to the to the series on or to the uh, session on um, the prayer. Um, really powerful stuff. And we asked Mark to come back and join us and talk a little bit this morning about his spiritual journey. And super great, great to have you back again, Mark. Mark, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. Thanks. for So having me. we
2: just just to highlight it. Um, the episode where Mark first joined us, um, we were talking about prayer, and he was sharing like one of his key prayers, and, and it's um, the episode's titled "God, what the fuck." <laughs> that, that's right. Very we're we're impactful.
1: Yeah, we're, we'll probably get some hits on that. Just yeah, on we'll title copyright alone. that. Yeah, <laughs> right. We'll get banned. We'll hear from his attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. God's yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's awesome. So, so. You know, just a little recap for those haven't heard. You know, I, I connect with Mark probably uh, five years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, five years ago. And uh, through this program called Rooted, uh, which was put on at our church. And it's a 10-week just kind of exploring God and learning about God. And, you know, it's you, you do homework every day, and then you come together once a week. You know, we had nine guys And uh, we were real open, honest, raw right from the start. And it it was just an amazing experience. But through the process, um, my uh, nickname uh, for for Mark then and now, he has earned it well, is I I call him the C.S. Lewis Stud. Stud. (laughs) Stud man. Because... Um, he has done a lot of readings and, and thinkings on C.S. Lewis and the writings, and, and he's really a, a champion of C.S. Lewis. Um, but there's never a time, including right now, that I am not a student and I learn when, when Mark shares his experience. So, Mark, welcome. Just looking forward to you coming in and, and just kicking around. C.S. Lewis, just a a resource. I've listened based on your influence. I've listened to some, and it's just amazing. In fact, it's probably time for me to Mm -hmm. re-listen. But let's just kick off. Uh, C.S. Lewis, where would you first hear about him? What were you looking to do? Kind of kick off your introduction to C.S. Lewis, and then we'll we'll dig in further as to uh, maybe some key
3: learnings. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I guess how I heard about C.S. Lewis... um, a little bit in passing. You know, I was not a big Chronicles of Narnia fan or anything like that. So I, that's almost a kid's story, right? It is, yeah. Okay. But um, It's got a kind of spiritual undertone, right? Oh, uh, so big. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never read them. Right. Yeah, no. It's my genre. Um, but I really didn't have much C.S. Lewis background at all. Um, so I actually had a professional coach I was working with when I had my own business, and we often talked about non-business-related things, and um, he— suggested I check out C.S. Lewis, uh, his apologetic works, and I really didn't know anything about him. So I got Mere Christianity on Audible and um, started listening to it, and it was just outstanding, just completely blown away. Um, What I loved about it and what I totally needed at the time was that it starts from square zero. It doesn't assume that there's a God at all. So it it builds a case throughout the first third of the book is just about building a case like for a god from from nothing and he uses a lot of different um you know evidence just from your your day-to-day experiences as to why there is even just a god in general and then from once he establishes that fact he then goes on and builds the christian god around it um so it was just outstanding because he was a god he was a god believer that set out to write this story
1: or was he was he a skeptic
3: So he started off as a, a, yeah, he was an atheist. He was raised, um, was a Presbyterian, I forget exactly, but he he said he walked away from his faith in like, you know, middle school, like, you know, 12 years old, he officially got, like, didn't believe in a God. And then he actually began to debate believers, that there wasn't a God, you know, Mm. so he was like an advocating atheist, Mm. but just throughout his experience and different people and just not... He also just wouldn't settle he really wanted to get to the core truth and there were a lot of inconsistencies that came up in his arguments that he could no longer believe as an atheist so it he has a great story um surprised by joy is his autobiography and he he details his journey um to to faith he calls himself the most reluctant convert because he did not want to believe in god but after all of his searching he had no other choice but to believe and um you know commit and it's an awesome story you know i've and that's i've associated a lot with him because i questioned everything you know i, I didn't just take it at face value you know a lot of the stuff i was told didn't make sense to me um but nobody was answering those <clears throat> questions and i couldn't but he he laid it all out there in a very clear articulate way intellectual way um and and then i mean he has tons of books around it so he got me to point of believing, yes, there is a God. Yes, this even this Christian God makes a lot of sense. And then um, kind of how to what, what that looks like from there.
2: Yeah. So let me let me jump in and, and I don't want to take any spotlight off of C.S. Lewis. Um, <clears throat> but I have found there's a lot of doubters out there in the world about God and Jesus. And, 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 and what I have found is that everybody who tackles the mission of disproving God becomes a believer there's another gentleman uh, Lee Strobel he's from Chicago he's a investigative journalist right so he's got all the tools and resources to but he actually went out to prove to disprove God that was he was an atheist or a non-believer I'm not sure what exactly he was a non-believer and he did the same thing he went out did all his research and then, and then he wrote a book called case for christ. a case for case for god right or a case for christ right um and so so I, I just wanted to point out that that's a common theme not unique to c.s lewis the people that go out and seek find mm-hmm. so i'll bounce it back to you sorry for yeah my little commercial for lee strobel
3: yeah right yeah no that's exactly <laughs> true and um So Mere Christianity, and I actually really enjoy how Mere Christianity starts is it gives a little bit of tone and sets a scene for when it was first released, which was actually as a set of audio um, broadcasts during World War II. So C.S. Lewis served in World War I, and then he was kind of coming into fame a little bit as World War II was coming around. And uh, they asked him to do these audio broadcasts all across the BBC as people are huddled, you know, in their basements with air raids and bombs going off in London, he's on air talking about how God is good. And, you know, God, and it got a great response. Wow. And I just love it because when you hear people talk about God is good, you know, things are normally good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they're sitting in their, their sure. you know, house. And, yeah. 17. Exactly. Not getting, not getting bombed. Right. So you're, you know. Man, that's is, a great framework. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was super cool, and obviously he sold, he served in World War One, and he ex- he describes his uh, experiences that you know seeing, just you know piles of dead bodies, half crushed men looking like you know smushed beetles, and, and um, you know he so he'd been through it, you know I, you always struggle when you hear people cushy live saying oh God is good, but you know he's been to the bottom. He was actually hit with shrapnel, was like stopped breathing for a while, hmm. had a near death experience. Lost a ton of friends, um, and but you know still was able to wrestle with all of that pain, and you know saw the worst that humanity had to offer, and still you know believed in a good God.
1: Right. What's your takeaway, Matt? So, two questions. Number one, mere Christianity, good place to start for somebody wanting to explore. Best place to start, would you say, for somebody wanting to explore? C. S.
3: Lewis. Gosh, you know, I guess it depends on like kind of what you're looking to get out of it. Mere Christianity, it's a little heady. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a deep dive yeah, into it's, it's, Christianity. It's a thinking book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I think it's—I think it's I, I revisit it all the time. I actually was listening to it. And you're a thinker. A, yeah, to a fault, probably. <laughs> too much thinking. Um, and um, Paralysis some, by analysis. Yeah, Mere Christianity is great. If you <laughs> want a, a dive into C.S. Lewis himself, the autobiography, Surprised by Joy, is outstanding. Um, a really cool book called Screwtape Letters is— um, it's a, It's like an. A pro, the 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 premise of the book is a senior demon corresponding with a junior demon about how to corrupt an individual that he was like assigned to. It's mm. so like a human that he is responsible for corrupting, I and see. it gives all these little intricate ways about how they try and. I'm pretty him. sure
1: somebody's assigned to me. <laughs>
3: maybe a couple. <laughs> yes,
1: maybe a couple, maybe a whole team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: So, so let me just bounce in. So when you mentioned that to me, screw tape letters, I remember it was 2017. I was driving my daughter from uh, college out to LA. Um, you know, a lot of desert land, a lot of, you know, she slept most of the time, so I, had, I I listened to screw tape letters. And it was one of the most unique things, right? It was it was like the, I mean, because everything is looked at from God's side, right? Seeking God, seeking God, seeking God. But this was written from the devil demon side saying, how are we going to get Glenn? Right. How are we going to get? And, and here's what's crazy about that, Mark, is I recognized a lot of the tactics mm-hmm. in my own life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that. So I probably wouldn't suggest starting out with that book. Mm-mm. But I would absolutely recommend reading that book somewhere okay. along the journey.
1: Yeah, and we're going to put these up in the resource room. So if you're driving along right now out to bring your daughter out to California, don't jot this down as you're doing 80 in the desert. So we'll put them in the resource room. Check it out when you park.
2: But, but f- for me, Mere Christianity, and I've learned a lot from you um, because you've dropped a lot of stuff into you know, various text strings you know, based off of Mere Christianity and the content in there. It's me. I mean, it is. I mean, I could take two sentences and chew on them for a day, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's what I've learned recently is, you know, it's more quality. It's better to go deeper than mm-hmm. shallow. So I could sit there and read the Bible in a year. And, Doesn't right? You're going to get nothing, nothing out of it. Nothing right? out of
1: it. Or you can read three verses a month, and just really. Or I could read Absorb one of Mark's that. texts right. on C.S. Lewis. <laughs> That's right.
2: His two sentences and showing that for a little bit a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and just let it, you know, just ponder it and let it grow. Right.
1: Where did um, uh, so C.S. Lewis give us a time frame, if you will? What what was his era? When was he born? Died? Yes, yeah, so he was born.
3: Things? Um, I want to say like, eighteen ninety eight. because mm. um, he, the day he showed up to the front lines in World War II was when. On his 18th birthday, um, so you know, kind of right in that timeline, and then uh, he died in I, I want to say 1958, something like that. so a he full was, life.
1: How many books do you think he authored?
3: Robert? Oh, a lot. Um, especially because he was a you know a don at Oxford, and um, so he wrote a he actually wrote a lot of books, you know, not specifically apologetic. And then yeah, obviously the Chronicles of Narnia. He wrote a space trilogy. Um, Called, there's Out of the Silent Planet. Uh, it's a it's a ransom trilogy, really good. He wrote a book called um, The Pilgrim's Regress, which is a spinoff of The Pilgrim's Progress, um, a book written by John Bunyan, which is really good. I remember that book. The Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. 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 So the the Regress wrote a Pilgrim's Regress, really good. Um, And then, uh, yeah, and then he wrote a lot of. um, The problem with pain is a great one. So Mm -hmm. if you're dealing, he he wrote that after the death of his wife Joy Davidman, um, and just laid it all out there, like raw. He actually initially published it under a synonym, a pseudonym, different name, Mm -hmm. um, because he thought it was like too, like he had a big name at that point in the in you know in society. The uh, the problem with pain. The problem with pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then some great ones like The Way to Glory um, is a, a speech, and then a collection of speeches and, and essays that he wrote. Um, miracles. I'm um, trying to think. Um, I mean, there's, wow, well, there's, sounds
2: like some great stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's a ton at pretty much every angle. Uh, oh, The Great Divorce is a great mm-hmm. book about... Um, it's like it's the setting is a dream, but it's kind of a vision that he had of... It's essentially like purgatory, but kind of how everybody still has a second chance at getting into heaven, even mm. after death. And a lot of people still choose to, to suffer and be, you know, in hell and um, all the different personalities and their takes on like what they weren't willing to give up right. to get to heaven. Like you can't enter heaven with these certain belief systems and, right. and um, preferences. You know, you kind of got to surrender all of that. And so that was that one's really good. Um, and then yeah, obviously the Narnias.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, good stuff. I mean, really so good the, stuff. So the the
3: Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe came out of Chronicles of
2: Narnia, right? Yep. Okay. Um. So I definitely have to go back and re-listen the Screw Tape Letters because that was amazing. I had forgotten about those, and, and that's great. And then that great divorce. I mean, that just sounds like you know his perspective. You know, kind of, kind of his take and and angle of looking at. You know, getting into heaven, which is pretty interesting. Um, so, are, being our resident C.S. Lewis guy, st- st- that's stud, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, how often do you reread, or do you do you read it, put it down, or or do you use it more of a reference? You know, kind of as it was stuff.
3: Oh yeah, I mean nonstop. Um, I listen to uh, Mere Christianity on and off, all the time. Um, you know, I got Audible, so I'll just randomly put it on mm-hmm. in the car or in the kitchen, or um, and then I also have hard copies of them all because I, you know, sometimes it helps being able to reference it and write it down and highlight it, and um, yeah, and the, each of them kind of hit like a different. Sometimes I want to be more academic in my approach, and Mere Christianity is good for that, Way to Glory is good for that, um, but then sometimes I want to be more like romantic in my approach. And uh that's I I I just I mean, even his autobiography um kinda helps that approach, but um, you know, his his more kind of um fiction is good with that. But yeah, I mean I'm constantly referencing him. Um and what I what I like about him a lot is that he was so well read. He was um a professor in like medieval literature, so he had to read wow. a ton and nonstop. So reading him is like reading all of the classics in one. He references all the major, like, philosophers and, and um, you know, authors of the ages and, and trending things of this time. And so reading him is – and, and he, he had, like, a, a, a photographic memory, so he could, you know, re- pull things out, and he was always – uh, quoting other, you know, philosophers. And so, yeah, I just did a quick Google. Um, why? Because I can anyway,
1: uh, a little over 200 million copies of books by CS Lewis have been sold 200 million, 200 million. I mean, that's, that's a real number right there. I read a blog and I think last week three people read it. So I'm right I'm right on his heels. And I think you're rounding up I, I think you're rounding I'm, up. I'm rounding up because I read it up. twice myself. No, 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 that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so yeah.
2: so Mark, I have I have two questions kinda hit hit you on the spot here, but um so so talk to us about what's the best way. when you look at some spiritual things in reading such as c.s lewis right that's a lot of intellectual a lot of head stuff what do you do to transition it from you know being in your head as as knowledge to get that to get down to your
3: heart and move into actions yeah that's a really good question and um guess I'm not even really sure, but I know for me, I had to get to a certain point intellectually before I could adopt it spiritually. And I think you kind of need, and I, I don't think that's ever going to stop. I think as I, it is a constant process. Like I get to a point to where I'm comfortable with, you know, the amount of evidence I have, and then I can, it, it starts to absorb at a deeper level. But then as you continue to progress, you know, new problems come up and new things, and then you have to dig into those. And it's a constant thing but um yeah from and I think you also need to because if you don't go that far you might be adopting false ideologies and belief systems and now and that's what I think I was doing was when I was younger was I didn't have a really good understanding of God so the God that I did believe in was just not God and it it caused a lot of pain in my life because there was a lot of discrepancies and how i thought I should be, and how God thought of me, and um, so I think, yeah, I don't think it ever stops, and um, yeah, I think it's a combination of seeing, so like, the Christian life does kind of demand or ask a certain type of actions, and a certain type of lifestyle, and I would intellectually challenge those things because you know why why are why are these certain things bad you know and um you and the surface level they don't seem that bad but when you go into a spiritual level you can see how these can be harmful especially if you you know you believe spiritual is on a eternal timeline you know these little things in a short span of you know 60 to 90 years of your life here don't mean that much but on the trajectory of eternity you know that little discrepancy could sure. could lead you you know quite off the, the path um so um i guess that's the hard part is, to, is walking it you know i can i have you, you research it enough you get to a point to where it uh, understands and makes sense but can you really forgive that person then and you know can you really keep your mouth shut or can you really you know not do that thing that might be a little you know shady but is it really that bad but you know on on the spiritual realm yeah you know that it it kind of demands everything so there's there's definitely that part of believing but then also you know acting in accordance with those beliefs yeah
2: Yeah, so that that reminds me of when I was um my unsuccessful stint I I say it's unsuccessful only in my head but as I was a um high school ministries leader I I led a group of you know (laughs) high school guys and and we were talking about that right about the christian life and 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 what you do and and is it just you know acknowledging or now you got to live right and what does live look like and 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 this kid 11th grader man looks at me he goes because we were asking well what is it like to live like like jesus or live for god and what does that look like and he's like he goes ah oh, it's easy he goes, it's like being a hockey player you know and you, you you play hockey mark right yeah and he's like you know hey he's like being a hockey player I'm like what do you mean? He's like, well, if I say I'm a hockey player, he said, to be a hockey player, I got to get up in the morning. I got to go to practice. I got to get on the ice. I got to, you know, go to the gym. I got to work out. You know, I got to eat right. I have to have the right nutrition. I got to learn the rules of hockey, right? I have to be a student. I got to be a team member. I got to get in the locker room. I got to suit up. I got to get on the ice and I got to give it my best. And he said, if I don't do those things, how do I call myself a hockey player? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I can start to say, right, so now what it's like. So when when I talk about living a spiritual life, my what I grew up with, first thing I see is the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I'm pretty good on those, right? I'm, I'm doing great, right? And then you I'm hear about— right, I'm 10% good. Right, well, no, I was at least 60, right? I didn't kill anybody <laughs> wow. that I knew of, right? And, 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 and so, you know, I was an overachiever. Um, but, but then you learn about the seven deadly sins, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm like, well, okay, gluttony, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. you know, so, so, so now I'm like, right, what, what's standard? And then in, in AA, they talk about character defects and, and then, you know, I think there's 194 of them or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm, I'm like n- nowhere near, but you know, being aware, you know, so, so I like to say, okay, so, um, I think what clicked for me when you were sharing, Mark, about, you know, what the living looks like, I think doing anything that pulls you away from God is not cool. You know, it's, it's things I'm aware of today that I try not to do. Mm-hmm. Like drinking pulls drinking pulls me away from God, into myself, and nothing else matters but me, right? Selfishness, um, ego. Mm-hmm. You know, things that pull me away from get me back inside my head. Yeah, that's separational. That's separational. Kill you. So, so Mark, one, one, one last thing to explore here. Again, I'm going to put you on the spot, meaning we didn't prepare for any of this, but sometimes that's when the best content comes out. So you haven't um, drank for a while, right? Yep, three and a half years. That's in. fantastic. Um, you're familiar with AA. You definitely know AA. Yep. Um, how do you think, uh, sobriety and spirituality go together? Do they, what are some thoughts, some tips, Some, um, you know, is one fuel for the other? I don't know. I'm just, you know, I know you're, you're have, have a deep dive in, in some of the thought processes here. So I'm looking forward to seeing what your response is.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think sobriety is critical, crucial, um, and sobriety i know when you think of sobriety you think of not drinking but when i got sober from alcohol i realized how much i then you know lean still had that void to fill and I, i you know dove into food and um just really food kind of went crazy sweets but and like since getting sober on alcohol i've realized how Drunk, I can get on other things and still do to this day. Um, work, um, you know, fitness, self-identity, uh, food for sure. Uh, food's food's one that I, I still struggle with because you, you got to eat, you know, you got to eat. But um, I can tell like throughout the day I'll, I'll just be kind of bored or just in that like haze. And all of a sudden I'm just like slamming Oreos or. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right, so so wait, wait, wait.
2: <clears throat> time out. Because I think we need to define this,
3: right? I think you and I might have different definitions of slamming Oreos. <laughs> what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a binger. You know, I don't do anything halfway. So, you know, if one cookie is good, 30 is great. Um, that was my <laughs> so drinking, tell, too. So tell have you ever <laughs> eaten 30 cookies? Oh my gosh, that's, I, I, it's hard for me to not eat 30 cookies in one sitting. If I have one, we I'm not exactly having 30. Too. We are exactly the same. We are
1: all the same. I, I sit and. In, in, Mikey's in, 30 for breakfast. I, I know at <laughs> night, and it drives my wife nuts because I got the crinkly paper. She's trying to read. I got the crinkly paper. I got the pullback. And I just keep going in. I just keep going in. She goes,
3: seriously. Oh it is
2: easier for me to eat none. Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. Yeah. That's and why the drinking, I, I've messed with that so often, you know, like. Just gonna drink on the weekends. I'm just gonna have two two beers, one beer right. after six yeah, o'clock. Right. But it's like, you know, yeah, yeah you do that so many <laughs> times, you're like, that clearly isn't working. Mm. So I don't I haven't gotten food into the mix, but I, I do feel like these are all spiritual things. Sure. Like I'm I'm seeking some sort of um it's it's really like a change of state. Um, you know, I'm seeking satisfaction in external things. Um and yeah, so I think sobriety is crucial. Um, I've gone through periods where I've done really good with intermittent fasting, and I always feel a stronger connection with God when I'm able to control, you know, my eating habits, um, especially in the fa- fasting stages. Um, there's this sense of I've, I've wanted to write about it, but I call it like the the blessed want or like the blessed lack, like. In this life, I think we're just trying to be fully satisfied and fully satiated with what this world has to offer, and we just can't be. Um, So I think keeping that space, keeping that little bit of want, that unsatisfied, whether it be, you know, hunger or something, denying the self. One thing, um, just to remind you that, you know, your ultimate desire in this life is largely going to be unsatisfied until, you know, we, we can be fully reunited with God and uh, But what we do is we try to stifle that want, that, that, that unfulfilled desire with other things. So we, we try to, um, like heaven forbid, we were d- denied something we want, right? Like um, food and um, success and money and status. Um, so just kind of getting in the habit of denying the self, I think, uh, helps put it in perspective. I so, love
2: so what's uh, intermittent fasting for you?
3: Uh, sixteen off, eight on. So that's
2: that's what I'm on. Have you ever done days?
3: I did a 48 hour fast.
2: I love that. I mean, I, and and I've just lost, so I'm back on my program. I'm I am 100 like you with the yo-yo with eating. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just you know hey in, instead of uh, vodka, you know what? It's Oreos mm-hmm. or it's whatever sugar crap. And I mean, I can eat food. I can. I think you and I are at the same level with 30 cookies, all three of us. Right. I can eat 30 cookies without even thinking about it yeah. in, in, like, six minutes. Yeah. Um, and I put myself in food comas. But, but So what I'm working on is being okay with not being okay. So some, something in my brain, because I eat to change the way I feel. Mm-hmm. I drank to change the way I feel. And then I drank to escape, because I didn't like anything how I felt. But if I'm bored... Boredom is a big thing for me, so I just stay busy. Um, Or things are going a little sideways. Like, for example, we just launched, you know, I launched a business thing. and, And for 40 days, it was stress, stress, stress. And I said, you know what? Rather than conquer everything at once, it's okay to just eat what you want to eat. And, and w- we do a lot of data measurement. And the only thing we didn't measure was how many calories Glenn ate per hour <laughs> during the, four, you know, 40 days. Right. And I literally, I put on, I don't know, 17 pounds or something. Uh. But this week, you know, this past week I've been on it six days. You know, I've lost nine pounds. Hey. Because I'm back on the intermittent fasting. And, and it's just, a, it's, it, it's crazy how it works. I, I call it head trash. It's crazy how it works. But once I get, like, on that path, like, it's so much easier. Once I say, no, I'm not going to do it. Once I get, you know, three days behind me, because now I'm at uh, three days behind me, but my brain turns on and just how I handle other situations are just so much better. And and so you, you see a connection between somehow we got on Oreo cookies <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and that's all I can think about now. But, <laughs> but, so you're saying there's a correlation between sobriety and, and spirituality.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I mean, even like, yeah, spiritual sobriety. I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about how uh, you can't, you can't like think about the waking life while asleep. You know, you can only, you can only comprehend, you can contemplate dreaming while awake, but you can't like really contemplate being awake while dreaming. So it's like, um, Hmm. kind of like, and then with being drunk too, you know, you can't really understand sobriety when you're drunk, but you can understand drunkenness when you're sobriety. So he talks about that with like sinning and pride too so um like a sinful man doesn't really know how sinful he is but a man who's seeking you know the the christian lifestyle a a a good man recognizes his own sinfulness a bad man doesn't Hmm. um so it it kind of it sheds light and that's what sobriety did to me i i always say it's um, it doesn't get rid of your problems it gives you access to them Hmm. for me drinking was like just a, a numbing fog in my life and when I got sober the fog cleared and I see saw all the garbage and all the, the wreck that was underneath the drinking um, it was ugly but I at least could address it and that's what I feel like when you start that inward process of trying to clean up your own soul um, it's ugly and you start realizing that there's a CS Lewis has a great quote when he says he, he did first um, start look truly look himself in the mirror he saw you know, a bedlam of lusts, a, a harem of, of hatred. Uh, um, he said, I am legion. Um, and I think that's that's true. So, um, you know, you don't really recognize your own badness, your own wickedness until you truly start to try and be good. And that's what's frustrating about it is that, uh, you know, we really can't do it on our own. Um, and this is like probably a whole nother thing, but that's... Um, but then again, our salvation and God's love for us isn't contingent upon our our ability to be good but he wants us to be good because he loves us he doesn't love us because we're good but he wants us to be good because he loves us he wants the best things for us the the life that he lays out in the Bible isn't because it's bad or because it's hard it's because that living in you know harmony with that and in congruency with that is the best life to live and he wants what's best for us
2: yeah so so what's it like today to live with less garbage
3: so it's great. Um, kind of an interesting story. I just had a similar experience as you maybe um, allowing yourself to binge during that stressful time with work. I, we went on vacation to Florida for two weeks, and I was doing really good with eating before it. Um, and then on vacation, I, it was just too hard. There was so much, you know, good food, restaurants. <laughs> we, you know, you just load up on... Oreos. Yep, yeah, exactly. And um, so I just said, okay, I'm not going to fight this. These temptations anymore. I'm just going to indulge, and um, like you mentioned, all areas get better when you start doing the right things. It 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 you know bled into other areas. So I indulged in food, but I started indulging everywhere. I just stopped denying the self. I was also just getting frustrated with this feeling of constantly failing and trying to be good. So I was like, all right, we're saved by grace alone, anyway, right? So um i'm gonna lean into this grace thing you know i'm no longer gonna try and earn it myself awesome. and i leaned a little too heavily into it and i started <laughs> started just like Excellent. indulging every whim and um it was great at first it was a sense of relief but then after a couple of weeks like because well, it's easy yeah it's easy to give in and it feels good that to, yeah, yeah, yeah totally you know, dopamine
2: yep starts plunging you know I mean dropping a bunch of dopamine it feels great
3: but I got I, I like I spiraled and I actually felt like I was almost becoming like some sort of beast like I was losing control over myself and I was I was no longer just indulging in you know like um simple pleasures I was feeding addiction now it's not I oh I'm gonna do this because I like it but no I need I, I need this fix now <clears throat> in, in all these different areas and it was quick like and it was a lifestyle that I used to live almost like on a regular basis, but since I've been on this spiritual journey for a while, I felt like it hit harder. So it's like in drinking, you hit know, as you get sober, yeah. right? You you but you, you jump pick back up in right where you left off. Yeah, but you, your body's not ready for no, it. No, you can't it's not handle not, it. So like, catatonic. Then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. So I jumped back into the sinning, oh. and I like my I just rejected it, and um, I got physically sick. And I, I felt like I was spiritually sick. I felt like I was that in, that, quick, in, that in that little period yeah, of time. Yeah, it was like three weeks. And I, I, was, I was experiencing daily anxiety that I hadn't felt in years. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling um, just very distant from God. And I felt like a darkness closing in on me. And um, I felt like I was getting, you know, I was worse with my kids, my wife. I was super selfish. I was um, in a three-week span of just, you know, giving into the self. And C.S. Lewis has a quote that I love. It says, um, virtue, even attempted virtue, brings light. Indulgence brings fog. Mm. And um, that's that's exactly what I... (laughs) So that
2: wasn't that long ago. So what did you do? A, have you snapped out of it? I think you have. But have you snapped out of it? And what did you do to snap out of it? And what have you realized since?
3: So I realized that the spiritual life and the earthly life are very intertwined. Um, and that certain behaviors just are bad for you, (laughs) you know, like, yes, God did the hard work. He did what we cannot do. You know, he gave his only son to die for our sins so that we could, you know, be forgiven and, and have eternity with him. But then like, what do we do with the rest of this life of ours? Um, and so it, it, it helped in the sense that, there's still work to be done on my half. No, my salvation isn't determined upon it and contingent upon it, but it's almost like a gift that God gives to me that I get to have a part to play. And that like, um, so I still am trying to figure out exactly how to, you know, not have the weight of my eternity weighing on my shoulders, shoulders, but also have the ability to, um, have my actions mean something. And, um, so yeah, I guess just kind of surrendering all the different areas of my life to God and um, but also not carrying a ton of weight with it. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, God no, did it, I get it. Yeah. Right, sure. So are you back to eating right? Um eating better. I'm not right. I'm like kicking I'm I was a little sick. We just got back from Florida. So I was like that would have been um, I wanted to ease back into right. good eating. So, so I'm like half a sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Like um i'm getting better but I, I do um i was doing i wanted to eat naturally i sent you that thing about the the food how um yep um like most of what we're eating these days aren't even food you know it's engineers researching how, how kind of it's dopamine laboratory. response yeah it's the laboratory and well, how much crunch how much flavor how much color right and the last thing they're thinking of is you know is this good for you mm. um so I, I was just trying to eat you know fruits vegetables and meat things that were naturally you know, occurring in, in the world because God gave us everything we need. and That's what we do. We just corrupt it. Yeah. You know, he gave us right. food and all the... But once we took up, put our own spin on it, you know, we ruin it. Everything we do ourselves, we just ruin some. Well, back in the Bible, they had manna. I'm not sure if that would sell or
2: package for from a marketing standpoint today. With enough garlic, <laughs> I could eat the manna. <laughs> Maybe a little Nutella on it. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally. there you go. Uh, so what's funny is I... My life, fact... My life is better when I eat natural stuff. But the one thing I can't give up yet is because I'm eating in a good zone, and I, I'm telling you, it turns my brain on. it get energy once I start eating the fat instead of eating fat cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I eat this, like, um, ready whip. Like, like, I'll eat a little bit of fruit, but I'll put a spoonful of this ready whip stuff mm-hmm. on it. And my wife is like, you are – read the <laughs> ingredients, She said, You can't even pronounce all those words. Right. She goes, There's nothing real in in there. there. Right. It's all chemistry, fake stuff. Why would you do that? And I'm like,
1: No. Uh, they're dinging for our table, my friend. Yeah, they are. we got to have. We brother gotta do, Brian. we, we got to do C.S. Lewis part two. I know. Brother Brian, thanks right, dude, for everything. And uh, yeah, Thank Mark, you, Brian, Mark. Thank you very much. Mark, brother. Good thanks stuff. for jumping in, man. It's yeah, just absolutely. amazing. And check out the resource, room. C.S.
2: Lewis Stud. Yeah, we'll, uh, Love we'll have you. a little section in our book, Pat. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Yeah. See you thanks. again. See you guys.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at asweunderstandhim.coffee. If sobriety is your desire and you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255 or dial 988-1686. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their personal experiences about their spiritual journey and their path to sobriety. Therefore, any medical, spiritual, or perceived suggestions are their own opinions and should not be considered professional advice. See you next week.